Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We are your hosts, Ken Seymour and Richard Geiger. How are you, Richard? Doing well, considering the apocalypse that's all around us as we speak. <laughs> yeah, it's really strange still. We're, we're doing better, uh, but, you know, things could still be a little better than that. So let's cast our minds back. Let's go back to brighter days mm. where we were able to go outside and not be afraid of inhaling death from the people around us and trying to keep safe. Back to the year 2016. Seems like such a long time ago. It does. It does. But we're going to talk about, of course, our history of comic book movies. We've already done the first half, uh, or I, I should say maybe rather than the first half, we have done half of 2016 and we need to do the other half of films that came out in 2016 we uh we tried to divide it into you know some fairly even sections where we've seen movies in both and haven't seen some in in both but uh mm -hmm. we've pretty much seen all but one of the films in, that we're going to be talking about today and we're going to get rid get rid get past get past the one we haven't seen mention it and move on mention it and move on right <laughs> So uh, let, let's start easy. We're uh, we're talking 2016. There was a film that came out called Officer Down. Now, Officer Down was an image comic book that came out in 2010 by Chris Burnham and Joe Casey, <clears throat> and uh, it's basically uh, kind of a, a copish type thing. Uh, I have never acted as one of those few comics that I don't know the the original graphic novel at all, but. Uh, it's a police officer film, um, comes back from the dead to do stuff, so yay. Uh, down with an E. Yes. So his name is Down, last name is Down, presumably. Yes, directed by uh, Sean Crahan. Uh, and you may know Sean Crahan, and if you do, you're likely a Slipknot fan. <laughs> He's got a lot, he... Has a love for that band, apparently. Yeah, if you look at his uh, his stuff on IMDb, he has this film and Slipknot videos. And a lot it. of them. Yeah. <clears throat> now, that's the directorial. He's been an actor in several things, too. But uh, we weren't going to really get into that because he's not an actor in this. But, uh, yeah. Well, actually, he's an actor in a lot of Slipknot videos, too, now that I look at it. So, <laughs> just a lot of Slipknot. And we know one actor from the movie that we recognize. Oh, absolutely. Uh, who's that, Richard? Kim Coates. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff. And he's generally pretty good. Um, I don't really recognize him. Well, no, Sam Whitworth's in it. Uh, you may recognize him from his stint on the Supergirl television show. Uh, <clears throat> and he's He's been around. He's a big gamer, so that's kind of cool. Um but other than that, I don't know anybody on this list. <laughs> so. And scene. Yep. On we go. Um, now, it's kind of funny. Uh, just a couple of weeks back, we did a review of the Suicide Squad film that came out in 2021. Uh, but in 2016, we had Suicide Squad. Seems like we just talked about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but the there's a stark difference between the 2016 and then of course the most recent one that was released yeah uh one is much better than the others can you guess which one yeah exactly now david ayer uh is the 
director of the original 2016 film. Um, now, just so you know, uh, or just so you know, just to mention, the uh, Suicide Squad was first uh, appearing in The Brave and the Bold in 1959 in D.C., so they, they've been around a while, uh, over 60 years, and it was Kubert and Haney uh, that originally did it, though they are not the, the ones that are often associated with them. There are other writers that, uh, that had more of an impact on the actual group and made them more popular, but that's the origins of where it came from. For a second there, when you said Kubert, I was imagining the thing with the nose hopping up and down on the squares. <laughs> yeah, not quite that one. Uh, the, the, a lot of people remember the Joe Kubert school. But draw a picture and see if you can become a comic book artist. Um, so, uh, yeah, so Ayer's done a few films. I mean, he did Bright. Uh, didn't people really like Bright? Okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. There's a lot of movies on Netflix that aren't very good at all. Bright actually is better than a lot of the movies that are on Netflix. So if you're willing to give some of those other ones a shot, you know, particularly uh, Army of the Dead, for example, which is an awful movie, yeah, then definitely give Bright an opportunity because it's not bad. Yeah. So, I mean, at the helm, you've got somebody that's got some experience. The The casting of it is pretty excellent. You've got Will Smith in it as Deadshot. Now, Deadshot is one of my uh, characters I never really had much impact from from comics. I mean, I, I take it or leave it sort of a, a villain, uh, though the individual that got to play Deadshot on the Arrow television show was fantastic. And they, they did really great writing around that character and some uh, he wasn't a lot of episodes but when he was there they they did him well it's like oh i hope they do that as good in the film and i like will smith generally in anything i don't think it's his fault <laughs> no i think the the cast bonded well yeah he saw a lot of that uh but there's some of the cast is uh eh, iffy at best and the story of course is not great. <clears throat> really bad. Yeah. The presentation is mediocre. And yeah, there's just, just a lot of things that's wrong with this one. Yeah, the, uh, the the characters chosen to become the Suicide Squad were not great to meld, try and meld together. They, they didn't fit all that well. Um, I like seeing David Harbour show up in anything. That's always nice. Uh you hear some interesting stories about what Jared Leto tried to do to get into the the role of the Joker. Uh, eh, I don't know if I'd have put up with it on set. And most of his stuff wasn't even in the movie anyway, right. so yeah. it was kind of pointless. Yeah, I mean, so they, they've got some they've got some interesting things here and there uh, to go along with the film, but i think the general consensus was a bit of uh, a misfire in terms of the film but as we mentioned in our review of the 2021 uh version of the film casting viola davis as amanda waller was fantastic because she she's a great actress to begin with and uh she does that just uh, really really well and of course there was a uh, a few folks from this one that returned from for the most recent one. Right. So it wasn't all bad. No, it just 
was not really memorable. But uh, the Suicide Squad's an interesting idea, you know, getting a bunch of uh, villains that have been captured and incarcerated and giving them the choice, and that's in air quotes, uh, the choice <laughs> to embark on a mission that will likely result in their death in exchange for lowering their sentence if they survive and kind of keeping things off the books, uh, which is definitely the Amanda Waller style of doing things. But really, what are their sentences? Because if you look, it would take 10 years off of your sentence, but what is their sentence? Yeah, they never really say because it's kind of unimportant. <laughs> well, let's say their sentence is 80 years or 50 years. Won't they be dead anyway? Well, yeah, they would, but if you will assume that if they did one mission, they'll probably do more than one mission. So there you go. If they can sur- roll the dice and survive a, a handful of times, they'll get out and maybe <laughs> at some point. <laughs> yeah. Um, none of these people should have survived this mission. But yeah. But anyway, so we're going to go past Suicide Squad because we don't have, you know, my uh, my grandmother raised me. If you don't have something nice to say, uh, go into another room and yell about it. and. <laughs> come back and you'll be fine but uh, so let's let's move on to some marvel properties that came out in the year of 2016 we've got x-men apocalypse this is a continuation of a very long line of x-men films i mean we talked about several of them and this has a lot of the same cast members bringing in arguably one of the biggest baddest most classic x-men villains aside from maybe magneto which we've right already seen quite a bit and i think this movie gets a lot of hate negativity honestly a lot of the x-men movies kind of do yeah and trust me this movie isn't great but it's it's not bad it's not bad yeah I mean, the like we were talking about, that it's nice to have a continuation of casting. I mean, obviously, the first three X-Men films had basically the same cast, and then they did the, not exactly reboot, but uh, prequel series that eventually divided off into a separate timeline sort of thing. The one thing that they got really right about the X-Men films is that... Uh, Nothing is really going to make sense if you try and put the timeline together. Uh, The X-Men timeline in the comics is just a mess. Uh, So having it be a mess in the the movies fits right in. in. Um, But yeah, I mean, I really like... uh, Uh, I really like the casting. The director, Brian Singer, he's kind of hit or miss for me. Sometimes he he does well, sometimes he doesn't. Uh, But James McAvoy, man, that dude... That dude can act, and I really like him in most things. Uh, Michael Fassbender's generally just kind of awesome. He's a little, a little cardboard uh, as uh, Eric, but you know, yeah. Uh, I think this film, by this film, Jennifer Lawrence was just done with being Raven. I, I seem to remember that being the case. Well, she was in, she was in Phoenix, yeah. which was after this one, so. They didn't think they could get her back for that one, and they did. And then they, you know, get out of here. Well, I think that was a condition of her coming back. I think she asked to have the character killed. 
That way you can't recast it. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of other good faces that are in here, too. A lot of returning folks. Um, a lot more of the newer characters or maybe classic characters new to this timeline introduced. And yeah. there, there were some good parts. The story and the development and the creation and the move along of, Apop- of Apocalypse uh, uh, was probably the worst part of the movie, which should have been the focus of the movie. Yeah, and it's kind of sad when that happens. It's his character is difficult to do correctly to begin with. His character is a little weird, and some some comic characters have so much history in the source material that to try and adapt it into a single film, like to not build little hints of the character in and slowly kind of introduce. If you don't do it that way, you're never going to get it right. It's just it's they're just they're just too much. Uh, if you try and bring the character in out of nowhere and to show the width and breadth of their power and capabilities, it seems very not fake, but uh, it just out of place and just doesn't work. Um, and maybe that's part of the problem. The, the neat thing about the X Men in the comics is that they just have so much history that it just keeps building off of itself and because of the way a lot of the movies are made, it just doesn't allow for that to happen. So you don't get that, you don't get that feeling of continuity and that feeling of uh, development and that feeling of consequence and all of the things that go with a very long story told in parts. And it'll be interesting because obviously this was a Fox thing. Um, All the X-Men things have been a, a Fox thing. So it'll be interesting to see what they do in the future going forward with this set of heroes and villains, just to how they introduce mutants, how they introduce the whole set of X-Men, which everybody is anticipating, you know, because this was the first kind of set of superheroes dating back to, you know, the original first three X-Men movies. Like this was the thing that kind of really got everybody excited about doing comic book movies. And the X-Men are some of, if not my favorite, collective of, you know, superheroes and bad guys. And I loved watching the cartoons and all that stuff. And it'd be nice to do it some justice and really see what they can do to bring these characters to life. And this movie isn't bad. It just has bad elements for sure. Yeah. I guess uh, mildly disappointing is probably how I would describe it. It's not terrible. It's not a film that I'm going to watch multiple times. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's okay. But that's, yeah, we, you got to have some of those to, to help us understand what really good is. Um, to talk about really good, let's go to the Marvel Cinematic Universe instead. Um, we got a really good one come out, actually two really good films in 2016. Um yeah, I'll, you you take it. You, it's all you on this one. Okay, this movie's compared to the other ones, it's a little strange. <laughs> I felt you wanted to make a joke of some kind. Well, when we looked at the traditional lineup of the Marvel movies, did they really have a magic or somebody from the 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 dark arts? 
Not exactly. I mean, it's, it depends on whether you're talking about somebody that does magic or somebody that comes from the realm of magic. And if you're just talking about the realm of magic, yeah, Thor should have been that. And they went a slightly sort of different way. Mm -hmm. They couldn't really ever make up their mind. Um, but they never fully committed to, to magic until Doctor Strange. And the Doctor Strange character is pretty old, right? Oh, yeah. Doctor Strange has been out for a long time. He was originally in Strange Tales in 1963. Uh, it's a Ditko and Stan Lee. Uh, it's been around forever. In uh, Obviously, he's changed over the years a little bit. Um, in the comics originally, the, the magic thing was just a way that he could do whatever the plot needed him to be able to do. Um, so he was sometimes stupidly powerful and sometimes couldn't seem to do anything. Just... <laughs> just depended what they needed at the time. And mm -hmm. I feel like that was not this movie, but the setup for the subsequent movies in the Marvel universe, he kind of served that purpose, right? right. Where he was a, a plot device uh, in a certain sense. And this movie, you got an introduction of the character like you do a lot of times in the Marvel movies, like how did he come to be? Right. The movie is fine. The pace is fine. The look of the movie is fine. I just struggle when I look at all of these movies in terms of rewatchability. This one's really low on my list, and I can't figure out why. Like, it's just something in my brain parts tell me, like, I want to watch this. And then when I pull it up to watch it, I'm like, I don't want to watch this. It's nothing happens. Yeah, it's... I mean, the movie's fine. Yeah. I mean, literally, you, you get the introduction of character. You get some character growth because uh, you have to have that character growth for him to become Doctor Strange. The The sort of love interest is not really developed. Um, the bad guy is cardboard cutout until you get to the big bad guy, which that showdown's just fantastic. Um, the effects are really nice, but it just doesn't, for all that it does, it doesn't seem to do much, I, I think is the big problem. Well, I think what they had in terms of the long, long range outlook for this character was to develop him as a complement and a main character, but as a standalone main character, I feel like it we're, we're lacking something. He's great with. He's going to be great with Spider-Man. He's going to be oh, great yeah. with all these other people like in in the you know Infinity Wars and Endgame like he was a great piece that was in there. And it's not Benedict Cumberbatch. He's fine. The character's fine and the direct like all those it, it's just this particular character character lends well to be supported by other characters. Well yeah, uh, he uh, he's one of those characters that works better working off of somebody else. And you saw that when uh, they did the uh, Infinity War and working, you know, talking back and forth between him and, uh, and uh, Tony Stark specifically. Um, there was some really good back and forth. The back and forth between him and uh, Thor was good. I mean, if you put him with somebody, it's really good. Him on his own, kind of dry yep yeah and once again it's not that this movie's bad no it i just, enjoyed it it was a necessary piece to develop not only this character but the 
the the magic I think I think realm and what can come with it and then of course the infinity stone that came with him but then of course now we're going to look into the multi-dimension aspect which he has access to so right so the uh, director uh for this film was scott derrickson um if you saw the exorcism of emily rose you know that was him uh sinister deliver us from evil that sort of stuff so a guy that understands kind of horror elements and i think that's a good pick to go into this because it's supposed to be kind of scary but at the same time i have a feeling that he might have been handcuffed just a little bit because uh, it's still disney can't have it be too scary um so that's the thing it should be it should be frightening it should be really frightening i think that that somebody got that that this this guy is the one dude against a universe of insane stuff and it should just just make your mind melt what he has to hold back and at bay. And without seeing that, without really seeing that, you get a small snippet when when you watch the film and the Ancient One kind of throws him through the universe for a moment. But it needs more of that in order to really get that feeling because it's just, it's wrong in a lot of ways. Isn't one of his main bad guys is it nightmare is that nightmare is one that he has faced off against several times uh nightmare Dormammu, baron mordo from the film um it, he tends to get a lot of very esoteric villains that are concepts or uh extra dimensional entities of significant power things like that um so we'll see what they do with it i'm really looking forward to the second film i think getting that sort of um, that sort of uh, continuation will help frame the original film and make it potentially more interesting. Uh, but solid solid casting. I mean, obviously we talked about Benedict Cumber <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm trying to say the names too quickly here. Um, Rachel McAdams, I generally like even if her part was fairly small. Um, who played Mordo, Richard? I was just gonna getting ready to ask you that ha, very ha, question. Ha ha! You, you tell me. Chiwetel. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to attempt that one. All I will say is he did a great job. Um, in the comics, the Mordo character is kind of smarmy white guy. Um, so changing things up just a little bit not only with um having it not be a white dude but changing it so that the mordo character actually has some more depth as to why he became what he became a little little bit of empathy to it to a certain extent i like that that was a good change um i hope we get to see more of him i hope so too um Mads Mikkelsen uh, as Caecilius. Uh, he's awesome, generally. Um, I really, I still love him as the Bond villain. Well, one of the Bond villains from Casino Royale. Um, Benjamin Bratt, I've always liked. He only had a really small part in this. Um, but uh, it's, it's always kind of nice seeing those actors that you've seen in other things just kind of show up. It was a semi-controversial casting to put Tilda Swinton in as the Ancient One. 
Um, I don't think that Marvel was going to win this one. There was no casting that they were going to do that was going to go well. Um, they were going to get heat from somebody no matter what. Um, and you're right. I don't know the history of the character, but I know that it's not a white woman. No, no, it is. Uh, it is an Asian man. A very, it's very stereotypical is the problem. And I think that's why they wanted to change it. I go, well, let's not make it that because that might anger some people. Let's just switch it up. Let's uh, switch it to a woman and have it be this. But yeah, and there it was going to be very difficult for them to get that and get it quickly or get it correct. Um, it, it would have been possible, but yeah, I, I, I think there was going to be a group that was going to be unhappy no matter what. So considering it's a secondary character that we should not have seen again, seeing it in... Um, seeing it in the end game was kind of surprising, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Benedict Wong, uh, as Wong, uh, great casting. That dude's awesome. Yeah. And I know we'll see more of him because I I feel like he's kind of a, a fan favorite for when he's, when he's in a couple of like, obviously this and in infinity war and end game. Yeah, all around it's I mean that that's the that's the core cast right there. But um yeah, solid all around. It's a, like like Richard was saying, it's not a film that you necessarily want to see multiple times, but it is something that is worth at least one watch, I think. Um you know it's also worth uh keeping up with at least once, right? things that you can click on and open up and see our faces. That's right. Social media. And here we'll tell you right about it. Hey there, pudding people. Don't forget to check us out on our social media accounts so you can keep apprised of everything that we do any time of the day. Richard, you're most on Instagram, right? On the gram gram. Yes. And what are we best known on Instagram as? Pudding guys. Easy enough. In fact, that's also what we're known as on Facebook. Now, I'd say we're on Instagram just a little more than we are on Facebook. You might get the occasional update there. We are most active on Twitter, where we are at Real Pudding Guys. Uh, we will give you updates about the next episode that's going to be coming at the end of the week, when it's released, any other little updates to the Ultimate Comic Movie Database or the Pop Culture Death Counts will also be there. Um, now, our most exciting changes are going to be coming up soon. We're going to have a new website called Fate, the film and television engine. We're getting close to doing the beta for that. We're still working on the alpha side. We'll be doing a little closed beta and inviting a handful of people into this. I tell you what, it's going to be really, really cool when it releases. Now, you'll be able to also hear about that on our Patreon page. What are we on Patreon, Richard? Pudding guys. Pretty easy. Now, right now, it's very easy to support us. How much does it cost, Richard? It's $1 per month. Per month. Not per day. Per month. <laughs> yes. $12 for a year. Yeah. Uh, that's really not much to help support us as we release new content 
as we get better equipment to release the content into. And when the Fate engine comes out, it will have its own cost, and we're going to make it very affordable for everyone to be involved with this. And it's going to be so cool. I can't wait for you all to hear about it. Wasn't that fun and informative? Uh, a little bit of both. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we got to get a little self-promotion in there once in a while. Hopefully you will find it mildly amusing. But let's move on to the final entry in 2016. This is going to be a slightly shorter episode just because if we had done all of the movies of 2016 in a single episode, it would have taken us like an hour and a half. But uh, dividing it up, it's not going to be an hour twice. There's just not that much stuff. But uh, we get a sequel uh, a third in the series of sequels, also MCU. We get uh, Captain America Civil War. One could almost say this was almost an Avengers light because of the power-packed cast and characters that were loaded up in this one. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, this was... So the the Winter Soldier was, was, the, second one. was the Russo Brothers one. Yes. And this is the third one, another Russo Brothers one. So they did so well with that one, they wanted them to do this one. And then, of course, this one just killed it. So, oh, yeah. like, hey, let's have you do the uh, the big bad Avengers movies at the end. Uh, if I'm if I remember right, this one didn't originally have that concept where it was an Avengers light, and they brought in. Uh, a few characters. They paid a lot of money to Robert Downey Jr. to do this and a lot of the other ones. And then they just started building upon it and building upon it and made it just a, a, a big event in a sense around a great story. Yeah. I mean, it, the original story in the comics is, is close to what they present in the film. I mean, it's again, because the cast is so much larger in the comics, they have so much more to draw on. Uh, there's there's no way to really have this be portrayed like it is in the comic books on film. But they get the heart of it in there, and the fight scenes are fantastic, and a lot of great visuals, a lot of great fun and funny parts that are in it. It's just it's just done quite well. Um, and the introduction of uh, the late great Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa. Um, that was done particularly well. Another introduction in this one as well. Yeah. And who is that, Richard? The wall crawler. <gasps> uh, so this was the first thing that you kind of saw in collaboration with Sony to introduce Spider-Man into the universe. And the, I think the way they did it was pretty nice. They, oh, did, yeah. they didn't have to give you the backstory of Spider-Man. Everybody knows that it's been delivered many times. Right. It's kind of like Batman. Everybody knows how Batman became Batman. So you don't need those things. He was already established in a sense in his hometown. So it was just a way to bring him in, into the fold. Yeah. They, they did great with that. It was so much fun and being able to see the banter between Everyone was pretty fantastic. The The difference in ages playing into it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's just, it's it's such a good movie. And this is the thing that really gets me. It's so good of a movie that it's it's really easy to overlook the, the massive plot holes 
<laughs> that are in it. I mean, at least for me, it is. People will talk about it all the time. Just uh, uh, Zemo's plan didn't really make sense when you took it apart because he would have had to have known things were going to happen that there was no way for him to know was going to happen uh, and a variety of other things. So it's just kind of mildly entertaining in, in that respect, but it didn't matter because the rest of it was just so good you could kind of overlook it. And the thing about it is they built so much off of this movie too, right? So the Black Widow movie was basically built off of this movie. The TV shows. So we had the TV show with um, the Falcon and Winter Soldier was basically built off of this movie. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that came from this because of the Accords, that they're the Sokovia Accords, right? Yeah. And it it gave us a lot of future content as as well as obviously leading into um, the big bad movies at the end. But this had a lot of offshoots and different points of interest, and like like we said, we got some Wakanda out of this. We got some Spider Man out. So this is this branched a lot of things. Yeah, it really did. And uh, I mean, if I if I had a, a, a small nitpicky thing about it, you know, I really like uh, Frank Grillo as Brock Rumlow, and the Crossbones character is actually really interesting when done right. And to just kind of get rid of him the way that they did, that was a little disappointing. Um, but you know. Even with that, it was just kind of, it was it was just a fun ride. I mean, it, it's, it's like going on a ride in an amusement park. It, it, it's just, okay, let's go again. I want to see it again. I want to see the part where he gets big again. That was cool. That was really neat. Yeah, it, it, all, it all just culminated with that sequence at the end at the oh, airport. Yeah. Of course, there was the ones, you know, kind of the behind the scenes. There was the... the intro action sequence right when you talked about you know crossbones going away which is typical marvel thing let's kill off the bad guy um then it kind of leads into the action sequence and chris evans flexing his muscles holding a helicopter on the roof and then it you know kind of cool all those little separate things which led into the big bad airport fight and then of course the end which had another fight sequence between that three-way three fight of them. was yeah. awesome. That was that was really well done, and that's what kind of broke up the family, which once again bled into the future movies. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen this film, obviously you technically don't have to see the other films before you see it, but it's worth it. Uh, everybody that's already a Marvel fan already knows this, and they've they've seen all the films ahead, and a lot of times they'll. A lot like the people that like Harry Potter will watch all the Harry Potter films in a row, or the people that like Star Trek will watch all the Star Trek films in a row, or same kind of thing with Marvel. Watch them all in a row. There's uh, uh, as released viewing. There's a chronological viewing. There's all that sort of stuff, and it's just this is one of the better MCU films. It. Generally speaking, and, and this goes back to the Russo Brothers collective of movies, all, the four that they've done tend to be the top of the list. Yeah. I mean, that I'm generalizing, and there's lots of good movies, but yeah, these tend to be the ones that draw most people's interest in. And so many things have come about from their movies, and they put a lot of 
I think time and effort, they got a lot of money to spend on all of these movies too, so that doesn't hurt either. But they were given like the creative freedom to kind of build their own setup, their own, I guess, storylines in the confines of what Marvel wanted them to deliver. Another instance of directors that understand the source material and understand what it takes to make a good film that will engage with most people. Just, they do a great job. Uh, And of course, any film with Martin Freeman in it will get a thumbs up from me because he's one of my favorite actors. Um, And I, I did... It just the thought of having both uh, his uh, Everett Ross character in the same film, potentially, as a Doctor Strange, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. I really want to see them in the same frame at the same time and just have that little quick aside where they look at each other. And, <laughs> Do I know you? <laughs> no, I'm guessing. Is, is, is this a Doctor Who reference? No, no. This is a... Uh, this is actually uh, not. They did a BBC uh, interpretation of uh, the greatest detective of all time, Sherlock Holmes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, if you've not seen their run on Sherlock Holmes, it's one of the better versions that I think I've ever seen. Interesting. What's the title of it? Sherlock Holmes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Holmes <laughs> and Watson. Yeah, no, it's it's just Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they've got uh, a handful of episodes. It's unlike a normal series. It, it's, you know, they're longer episodes, but there's only a handful of them. So, good stuff. Anyway, nothing to do with what we're talking about here. But, uh, but that was 2016. Uh, did we miss anything? You should definitely let us know if we did. But uh, which one was your favorite? What did you think about the films that came out in this year? We would love to hear it definitely let us know uh and until next time keep watching uh keep watching those movies shortly coming up uh, by the time this uh releases will be shang chi so uh definitely get the uh if you get the chance take a look at that looks like that'll be pretty good 